philosophy and then we as viewers will watch hockey or whatever sport it is and kind of roll our eyes and think well nothing's changed what why, why would they do that but i think now we're starting to see the impact of let's face it their fighting is really being discouraged in hockey mm -hmm. and specifically the in north america yep the others haven't had a fight this year the have others have not had a nope. fight this year so I mean, I talked to guys... Now, I didn't play hockey at a high level, obviously, but I talked to guys around my own age, like you, Rob, you know, 40, 40s, early 50s, and they'll even say, like, yeah, like when I played midget, like you would fight. Like, even if we would leave our cages on, we'd swing at the other mm -hmm. guy and we'd have bench-clearing bench stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys around McDavid's age... But when what McDavid was in the one fight in junior, and he broke his hand, and he almost missed the World Juniors. Yeah. It was a huge. Everybody was getting updates on his. So that's the type of thing where, you know, when does the impact of a rule change or a shift in philosophy, when do you actually see it? It could take ten to fifteen years. Uh, I mean, you know, Cam brought up uh, some basketball stuff there. Uh, why are there so many good Canadians in the NBA now? Th like this is now. 10, mm -hmm. 15 years after Steve Nash was yeah. like, that's how long it can take for a generation. Well, now, now it's the, the, the 7, 8, 9, 10 year olds that were watching Steve Nash play. Now they all got into basketball. Now they're at right. that point where they're good, good basketball players and it is kind of fun watching them play. But uh, it, it is a complete, like when I, when I played, if it, it was a 6-2 game, your, your, none of your star players played. Like, like the third period wouldn't be over yet. It'd be a brawl. Like, every like, and if you if you were on a power play, if the, the power play the others had at the end in a six-two lead, it would have turned into a two-man advantage because they would have just the Anaheim Ducks would have just breaking sticks over anyone that went near the front of the net. I, I remember playing in Pittsburgh. And this was at near the end of my career, so I was on the the third line, and we had a big lead. And the Yarmers, the Kovalevs, the Strakas, none of them played the last ten minutes of the game. We were playing against Chicago, who was tough. And we played every second shift, the third line, the fourth line. And we all left, we, like, we had cuts on our face, bloody noses, bruises all over our body because well, they're sending a message, which was dumb because they sent the message to the third and fourth lines that didn't do any of the damage, <laughs> but that was just the way the hockey was played before. So it, it is a much different style. I mean, it was entertaining before watching the fights if you weren't in them, but the, the skill level now is as high as it's ever been in the National Hockey League. And you know what? 15 years from now, the skill level is yeah. going to be even higher. And, and, and I, I agree with what you said. The best players in any era would mm. probably find a way to be the, to be the best. It's, it's hard to compare. One of my favorite lines when, when Gordie Howe was, uh, was still with us or, you know, in the late, you know, the late 90s or whatever, and people say, well, how many goals do you think Gordie Howe could score? in this day and age. And people say, well, probably only 20. He is 70 years old. <laughs> he did still play pro hockey into his 50s. Well, when I, when I was at Hartford, Gordie Howe used to come on the ice with us and for practice. And he was, I don't know what he was, in his 60s then. And he'd take you in the corner and go, Brownie, when you get in the corner, when, when the guy bends over like this, elbow him right in the nose, his eyes water, and you can take the puck and you can go. I'm like, yeah, you could, Gordie, because everyone was scared of you. i do that. By the time I got 10 feet away, I'd have six guys beating me up. So could you give me some other tip, please? Oilers win 6-2 over the Anaheim Ducks tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Nils on the line. Go ahead, Nils. Hey, Reed and Rob. I got absolutely dusted in my beer league game tonight. Feeling pretty down about myself, but I come out to see a 6-2 win for the Oilers. Thank it. How are you? Thanks for coming out. Um, I watched the highlights, and I was just thinking to myself, you see the most dynamic scorers in the league. They got their office. They got their sweet spot. And you see McDavid score three goals three different ways tonight. 
But it seems to me that McDavid's office just really seems to be the neutral zone. He gets the puck in the neutral zone, whether it's coming off the wing, flying through the middle, doesn't matter. Nobody's touching him, and there's, it's very difficult for guys to stop him, it seems. He blew around all and Larson the other night. I mean, it seems like the neutral zone is his office when you watch. So uh, love the show's got show, guys. Uh, have a great night. Thanks, Dills. We appreciate it. Sorry about your beer league game. <laughs> That's funny. But but he makes a good point. I mean, for, for years, Wayne Gretzky set up behind the net. That's where he did the big damage. Connor McDavid, when he gets in the neutral zone, and, and he has the perfect player playing with him. This is another reason why you want Leon Dreisaitl playing with him. Leon will put the puck in a position to hit Connor at his best. When Connor's at his fastest, when he needs it in the, the spot, he needs it. And we saw that tonight. If Connor McDavid has the puck and the defenseman is playing it perfectly, Connor McDavid's still going to go around that defenseman. He picks up speed, and once he gets the puck, he gets faster. So that's a great point by that caller right there, that his office is a neutral zone because you can't stop him when he gets full speed. All right, checking your scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. Other NHL action. The Devils beat the Canucks 2-1. Jets get by Dallas 3-2 in overtime. Panthers outlast the Rangers 6-5 in a shootout. The Flyers beat the Bruins 3-2 in a shootout. The Blackhawks hang on to beat the Maple Leafs 5-4. Where Toronto have 57 shots? 57 shots on net. And the Red Wings beat the Golden Knights 3-2. Football today, Eskimos over Montreal 37-29. Trevor Harris 421 yards passing. And the Blue Bombers roll into Calgary 35-14 the final. And one more score too tonight. Without Lowry, without Ibaka, the Toronto Raptors walked in and beat King James and the L.A. Lakers. 113-104, the final in that one. The Oil Kings have a home game tomorrow, 2 in the afternoon against Tri-City, oilkings.ca for tickets. The Oil Kings only have two regulation losses all season. They're having a great year. Brad Lowry's got his team playing well again. Expectations were higher this year, and they're, they are playing up to them. All right. $150 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Six tonight, a 6-2 victory for the Oilers over the Anaheim Ducks. If you missed some of the stats highlights, McDavid gets a hat trick. Nugent Hopkins scores twice. Cassian has a goal and two assists. And oh yeah, Leon Dreisaitl has four assists. He leads the NHL in scoring. He continues to impress. He, he, again, was fantastic in this game. All right, we'll take a quick timeout for the 10.30 news. Will and Don up next on the phone lines. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. All right, Edmonton Oilers 6, Anaheim Ducks 2 is your final. The Oilers are on the road again on Tuesdays. They will take on the San Jose Sharks. One more game with the Mums. 2-0 with the Mums in attendance so far. Did they have the Mum and Dad's trips uh, when you were in the NHL? No, no, they didn't. I wish they had. They never did. Um, and, and nowadays, too, players usually when they play their first game, the Mums and Dads fly in or someone's at the game. Never had that either when I played. My, my parents watched my first game. I think my dad saw it on satellite. I don't think my mother even saw it because she didn't have a satellite where she was living. So I wish they would have had that. It is really cool. 
But your dad obviously was a big part of your junior career and would have been around your team all the time. Yeah, he was the general manager in Kamloops for two of the years I played there. I lived with them my final year in Kamloops. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's the biggest influence. I mean, on my hockey career, Hitchcock was the second biggest, but my father was my biggest influence by far. But, I mean, and there are everyone, that t- everyone that's talked, Dave Tippett and the players and all that, talking about their moms being at the game, that would have been cool. And uh, when your family is at the game, you play better every single time. You can text 630-630. I love this one because it's something we talk about on air a bit. I bug Rob about it off air a lot more. <laughs> if you swing your stick and knock the puck off your opponent's stick, is that a slashing penalty or a good stick check? Well, it <laughs> It's usually when you knock the stick. stick out of the guy's hand. Well, yeah, when you knock the stick out of the hand or you break the stick is, is, is what they do. Uh, Knocking the stick out, and you also have to, the referee has to be, make a judgment call, how hard did you swing your stick? Because if, if every time you got slashed, you dropped your stick on purpose, it would be, it would get silly. So uh, that one, I, I, th- I thought when, when Connor McDavid two-handed the stick, I thought that was a penalty. And I thought the refs made a couple phantom calls. I thought the trip that Getzlaff had was a terrible call. And there was one, I can't remember which Oiler got a bad call too, but I, I don't think the, the referees had a real, uh, impact on the game tonight. I thought they were, well, by their standards, pretty good. All right, Roddy writes in. He goes, uh, two questions. Do you think the Oilers' success is due to a different coaching style? Uh, I mean, I, I think they have a better roster. They have a better roster, year. and the goalies are playing better. I mean, Koskinen did not play like this over the over the entire season. He got tired last year right. and wasn't as good. Uh, Ken Hitchcock is going to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's got Stanley Cup rings. He's got gold medals. Todd McClellan... Uh, will be employed in the National Hockey, Log, Hockey League as long as he wants to. He is a very, very good coach. Uh, Dave Tippett is as well. But you can only coach with what the players that you have given to you. The Oilers roster is better this year, and the Oilers goaltender goaltenders are, are giving them saves that they haven't had the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think with Hitch, we, I mean, we knew he wasn't going to be back. No, he unless, was no long term. No. You know, they won two thirds of their games, or something. I, th- you know, I, th- I think Tippett has his, his own style, and what I've noticed to coaches, they they have their own terminology. I mean, every coach, any coach that took over the Oilers this year would have said they want to cut down on the goals against. Mm-hmm. It's how are you doing it? How are you going to deploy players? You know what? Some coaches might have come in here and said, David and Drysaddle are the two best players on the team. They're the first penalty killing unit. Yep. You know, they they might have taken a different approach that way. But. But he, he, he's he been given player Like, the Oilers' penalty killing was horrendous. But you look who they had to use as penalty killers the last couple of years. They, the guys weren't good enough. This year, Ken Holland went out and got guys that were going to play in the bottom six that were going to be penalty killers. That was their, that was why they were brought in. And their penalty killing is so much better. And, uh, well, Roddy, I don't think this question is for us. He says, will the Oilers think of creative ways to sell out Rogers' place? Well, I'll tell you, Roddy, they sold it out when they had a horrifically bad hockey team. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they will not wind up that way this year. So that's, I, it's 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 tough. I mean it's across the it's across the country. I think teams are struggling selling tickets to varying degrees. That too and, and but I think at the beginning of the season there was a lot of people that were not happy with the way the team played the last number of oh, years. Oh, absolutely. That that was part of it too. And then at the beginning of the year when the others were winning at the start, I think there was still a lot of disbelief that this was going to continue. But if the others keep winning, people are going to want to be Involved, People are going to want to be at the rink. They're going to want to see the others have success. And so winning will solve a lot of the problems of fan attendance. 
the longer the Oilers keep this up, the, the better the chances the, the rink will be full. Yeah, I've had, I've had this, I had this discussion a few times on Inside Sports over the summer about going to games, ticket prices. And, and it, it's, I, I, it's one of those things where I, I hate to say, well, it's mainly because of this, because they're always that might be for 60% of the people, mm-hmm. and the other 40% are saying, well, what about me? I do know... Uh, I do know I heard a lot about the economy. I, I do know I heard from people who said my my company had seats, mm-hmm. they gave them up, or I used to split them with someone and he or she didn't have the money for the second half of the season. I can't afford a whole season, so I'm not doing it. But yes, we also heard I'm sick of the team not just being out of the playoffs. Many years over the past, was it 12 to 13 out, many years they were out of it. By February, Thanksgiving, November, well, like some, yeah. some were some were really early. I mean, last year they were sort of fake hanging around. So it, it's a diff, different thing. <laughs> fake hanging around. Well, I, like I mean, that like one. well, we they were within <laughs> striking distance. They were just but faking they it. No, you're right though, and and it's hard justifying going out on a night, spending money for a team that is already out of the playoffs in mid-December. But hopefully this is a, a new year and they're going in the right direction, and hopefully they fill it because there is no. Any any live sporting event, if you're there when something cool happens and you can say, I was there when McDavid had that hat trick. I was there when Sam Gagne had that eight-point night. I was there when Ben Scrivens made 50-some saves. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. But again, it's it's different for everybody. Yep. And that's and that, and that's why, I mean, I've, I've, as a sports fan myself and then someone who obviously talks sports a lot with people and now in this job where I talk sports with a lot of people, being a fan is a very personal experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody thinks that, you know, obviously their team, whatever team it is, means something to them. So they think they're being a fan the right way, like the best way. But then somebody else might do it differently, and they think, no, no, I'm the I'm the proper fan for this team, right? So that's why I'm kind of reluctant to say, well, th- this guy, this fan's worth more important than this fan. I mean, every, everybody's engaged in their own way. I mean... The the one guy uh, called in. He played his beer league game tonight. We have people who would like miss their own beer game for an Oilers regular season game to watch it. We have people who would probably miss the birth of a child to watch an Oilers regular season. The, there are some. They, they would they would pay later. They would the, the wife would not be happy the next morning or the next thirty years. But you're right. There are some. Gentlemen, I have yet to hear a woman miss the birth of her child for an Oilers game. Well, you get, yeah, you'd have the radio on, you'd have Chet on. <laughs> Seven, Oilers win 6-2. We have Will on line two. Go ahead, Will. Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, the, given the success uh, the Oilers have had thus far with uh, Connor McD- and Dryden, uh, I was expected doing most of the heavy lifting. And, uh, you know, I think going forward... What do you think is is something that uh, the team needs to do to improve the hockey club? Uh, I think there's still some some uh, kinks in the the armor, but what do you think is the most important need that the Oilers need? Oh, that's a good question. I think I think you'd still like a third line that scored more. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they have guys who are are, are doing their job. I mean, we're, if if we're talking to be like an excellent team, you'd. you'd st- I mean, every, you'd always want more scoring. You'd well, always want more scoring. Uh, on an excellent team. Now, again, every I can go through every team in the National Hockey League and tell you something's wrong with their team. There's no perfect team. Uh, on a, on a, an excellent team, if you have Shea on Archibald and um, Kara as your fourth line, 
that would be fantastic. That's better than having them as a third line. Absolutely, because they're, they're not going to score for it. Because you could argue the Oilers, even as they're made up right now, have two fourth lines. Yep. In terms of how you, ideally a roster would be structured. Well, I mean, we're, we're Bob and Jack were talking at the end of the game tonight, giving a little bit of a update on what San Jose is going to be like, and he said that San Jose's third line has Joe Thornton playing with Patrick Marlowe and, and Sorensen. Well, Marlowe and Thornton, between the two of them, yeah, got even a, they've yeah. got 3,000 points or something between the two of them. That's their third line. So uh, great teams uh, have third lines that can score. The others don't yet, but the others aren't a great team yet. The others are a team that's had a very, very good start and are working towards being a good team. And so, yeah, I guess if there's one thing, but having said that, I, again, no team out there is perfect. Every team has warts. It's who, who can cover up the warts the best they can will move forward. Yeah, and I mean, always, you know, defense. I mean, we had a caller the other day after the St. Louis game. I mean, Falk, Pareko, Petrangelo. They've got a good six defense. All those guys yeah. that, are, that are going out there, they got a really good 60. So, I mean, no, this, I mean we're not... We're not telling you the Oilers are a perfect team. They have they have they have started the season well. Mm-hmm. They, I would say, two of the three biggest question marks that they had coming into the season have been answered positively mm-hmm. so far. Yep. You know, let's let's yeah, keep it going. And and they have not dropped three games in a row. They have not gone more than two games without a win, which is huge. Yeah, because they've they've had the winning streaks and the losing streaks have been minimal. So that's nice. All right, let's go back to Anaheim. Edmonton has won at six two. Here's head coach Dave Tippett tendency to sit on that lead your team went in the other direction describe the mindset that has that happen uh, we just wanted to play a solid period you know we built a bit of a lead um, took some there's just too many penalties against but our penalty killers did a nice job so we said we just want to play a solid third period stay out of the penalty box roll our lines and uh, see if we could close it out and we, we had good energy all the way through the game so after a win like that how long does the number of penalties stick with you and frustrate with you well some of them they're they're frustrating there's a couple of more accidents and just just uh, when you take too many in a row like that it just it takes away the rhythm of your game so like I said our penalty killers did a great job but you don't want to put yourself behind the eight ball like that, but uh, they did a good job. Our power play capitalized on a couple, and you know that's a that's a big difference in the game. You said take away the rhythm, uh, but uh, did a very good job of counter punching through uh, that uh, in that second period. How'd you pull that off? Well, a lot of it is, you know, you got a guy like McDavid sitting there through all the penalties, not penalty killing. He's anxious to play, so when he gets out there, he plays, and it's uh, you know it was a good team win. We needed different parts of our of our game. Koski was good in goal. Or, you know, we we moved the puck all right. I thought, uh, I thought everybody just competed hard and got a win. Dave, another complete effort. Four goal scorers on Friday. Five different players in multi-point nights tonight. Are you guys just kind of getting into a rhythm now? Uh, I think that that's probably a good way to put it. Is you like rhythm in your lines. You like rhythm in, in how you're playing. And uh, you know, tonight we, we we were just solid all the way through and capitalized on some opportunities. And, uh, and again, we're pretty solid. Like, there's still a couple mistakes I'd like to clean up in our end, but uh, for the most part, we're pretty solid. Uh, the moms are kind of joking pregame, saying that they want to bring some positive energy to this club and maybe get some more games a little bit in the future. Doing a pretty good job. Uh, they were laughing last night. Yeah, well, there was a bunch of them at the game at home on Friday, and they were saying last night at the dinner that... Uh, they hope the luck would continue, and then uh, if it continued tonight, then it might put the the uh, fathers on alert that mothers uh, going on trips work. So we'll see. One more to go. If Nugent Hopkins 
you know, keeps going like he's going and, and kind of, he's always been playing sort of a good two-way game, but if he starts to convert like he has been lately, that just adds another layer to it. It does. And we talked about that, you know, a couple of days ago where he's been around some chances and not going in, and now he's capitalizing that, that shot he made on the power play is a heck of a shot. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big-time shot. So, um, you know, we had contributions, right? throughout our lineup tonight, but it's good to see Nuge get on the board. Dave, of course, another big night from McDavid and Nuge, but lost in the shuffle a little bit was Patrick Russell, especially in the second period where he killed off a few penalties and also picked up his first point. First point, and, uh, which is good to see him get on the board, but all our penalty killers, and Patrick's a part of that, did a real good job. And, they, uh, and when you get two or three penalties in a row like that, it gets taxing, so... We, uh, we just wrote, rolled them out, the, the three different groups of them, and uh, they did a heck of a job for us. There was like a bit of a sag there for like five or six games where you, you maybe sometimes you're getting points, but you weren't sort of at your best. And, and But the last two games, things have really clicked. Did you notice anything that maybe triggered that? Just back to a little stability and rhythm. You know, we were uh, we were chasing it with some injuries and just trying to trying to find stuff. You know, you we had a, we had a bunch of players that weren't, you know, they're, they're trying to get some... Uh, trying to get on the board and you know it just you just go in different stages like that during the year where you're you just seem like you're out of sync a little bit but last couple of games we've uh, you know we kind of stabilized and we're moving the right direction all right that's dave Tippett, connor mcdavid a hat trick as the oilers beat the ducks 6-2 edmonton's record now 12-5-2 you'll hear from mcdavid we'll get to don on the open line overtime open line presented by Hartland ford Connor, can you just take us through your second goal of the night? Drive from the point, save Koskinen, rebound, a second stop Koskinen, rebound, and what a block wow. shot by Chris Russell. Save the goal. All right, there's your save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, BY's winter rise, Koskinen. 31 saves. He's 7-1-1. One, one. Chris Russell, a couple blocked shots tonight, temporarily left the game after stopping one in the first period. 15 total blocks for the Oilers tonight. Five by Oscar Clefbaum. 6-2. The Oilers win it in Anaheim. We have Don on line one. Go ahead, Don. How are you? Good. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I just want to say I'm calling from San Antonio in Texas. Oh, thank you. I've been down here. I'm from Edmonton, but I've been down here about seven years. I'm an entertainer. And that's one thing that I want to say about the team that, that uh, I'm a lifelong Oiler fan, but uh, they have been very entertaining lately. Winning or losing, they're still very entertaining. And I think that's obviously what makes the uh, the most successful for, uh, team at this point in time. But uh there's so little information we get down here about what, what the team's doing. I, I have to go online to listen to you guys, and thank you very much for doing that. Um, and also whatever I can get on the NHL app over the Internet. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, a kind, kind of interesting that uh, um, the um, I, I don't know where all this these changes came in over the, the last uh, summer here. It would, uh, the pivot and and uh, um, who's the general manager again? Uh, Ken Holland, the gentleman who was in Detroit for a long Holland, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a great job they're all doing. Uh, and um, just, uh, you know, I just want to throw my hat in the ring and say, you know, I mean, like like uh, how wonderful they're doing. Uh, not not a lot. Of, I'm not an a- uh, analyst or anything, of course. Uh, I'm a, a longtime hockey fan. I played as a kid, but... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing something else these days. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really been wonderful to watch. Uh, exciting to see as, as an Edmonton fan. And uh, just that's all I want to add. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, Don. Thanks a lot for calling. Thanks for listening in San Antonio. That's really cool. Well, and he said, talk about the games being entertaining. And we've talked about it, Rob. I mean, every game, you know, I, I thought the game the Oilers lost in Detroit, they they played quite poorly. Uh, the game against Florida wasn't really a good one. But every other game, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, they kind of at least had a chance. You know, and they have had some comebacks this year. So, and that's ultimately... You want, to, you want to be in every game. You want to at least have a shot. And, you know, we didn't have that feeling the last couple of years. No, no, you didn't. Yeah, it starts, to me, it starts in net. The goaltender's giving them saves, keeping them in games. And when you're in games and you've got Leon and Connor who are having incredible starts to the season, you have a chance. And to me, anytime they go into a third period and they're within two, they've got an opportunity to win that hockey game or at least get a point because you feel that if Connor and Leon get one now, you're going to get down the last few minutes, pull your goalie, there's a chance of gaining a point. And to me, it's, it's, it's all beginning with goaltending. They're getting quality starts night in, night out. I mean, tonight, Gibson for the Anaheim Ducks, who is having a stellar year and is a great goaltender, did not have a quality start. He didn't give them a chance to win. Koskinen, on the other hand, gave the others a quality start and got them the two points. And Connor McDavid, with a hat trick, fifth of his NHL career. Here he is. Connor, can you just take us through your second goal of the night? I mean, another vintage moment in team life. Yeah, uh, you know, just coming out of the zone, and, and my, wingers, my wingers made a good good play to get me the puck, and just trying to make a play on the net. Zach was joking that you're still looking for the pass, even though you had a guy draped all over you. I'm, I'm always looking for the pass, probably uh, probably a little too much, so um, it was good to you know, shoot a couple, and uh, they were able to find a way into the net. Another complete effort from your guys' group. Five multi-point scores on this night. Uh, is this as well as you guys have kind of picked it up in the, throughout the season so far? Yeah, I liked our game. I thought uh, we were solid all over. Um, our PK was great. Power play scores too. Um, Goaltending was, was was real good when, when we needed them. And, um, no, yeah, it was good, good effort by everyone. That second period looked like it could have gone the other way when you get four straight minors, but your PK really is kind of, like yeah, you said. I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, they, they made the difference. Um, you know, if they scored even one or two of those, it's a different game. So, um, no, full credit to them. Uh, two penalties in a game. I don't remember that for you in your career. Is that yeah, a first? Man. I'm not sure. They were they were calling it pretty tight. So, um, you know, first one maybe a little bit of a slash, but you know, anytime the stick falls out of someone's hands, they call it. Um, second one just uh, stick got caught in a, in a wrong spot and he goes down. They got to call that as well. So um, I got to be a little more disciplined with my stick. Nuke was hanging around goals for the last few games here. He was getting posts. He was you know shooting in off guys uh, to see him finally get a couple. Is yeah, it's really big. You know he's been playing right. He's been playing great the last, especially the last two. Um, you know I thought uh, his last game was real good. Obviously tonight finding a way to get two helps. Um, it's good for his confidence. Connor, we were talking to the Mons a little bit pre-game. They said they want to bring all the luck so they can stay on every road trip for the rest of the year. Right now, it seems like they're your lucky charm right now. Yeah, they. You know, two games they've been there, two wins. So um, got to keep it rolling. Connor McDavid, hat trick. Leon Dreisaitl, four assists. Dreisaitl leads the NHL with 34 points. We should mention, we've given this guy a few shutouts this season. Patrick Russell has an NHL point. Got an assist tonight, first one. And and good for him. He, he's had a couple opportunities. No, None better than the wide open net that he missed earlier in the year. But I, I, I love his game. I honestly do. And I know that Nygaard will be back soon. And Bob and Jack think it might be for Tuesday's game. I really hope that it's not Patrick Russell that comes out of the lineup. I think he's earned every minute that he has gotten. He gives you quality minutes. So, again, yeah, kudos, Tim, for his first National Hockey League point. Hopefully it's not his last, and hopefully the first goal is just around the corner. All right, here's Patrick Russell. 
special night with your first career point to just maybe take us through the moment and uh, if you have already called anybody or not I know it's right after the game no I haven't yet but I mean my mom was here to, to witness it so that was pretty special and great play by Cass obviously so yeah it was nice to, to get the first one out of the way finally no better time to do it with mom in the stands exactly right so they all bring luck so uh, we got to keep it going we just talked to Zach right now and he was saying that uh, he might have to move his mom in because every time she watches him play he gets multi-point nights is that a little superstition on your end? You're going to make sure mom mom makes a few more trips and a few more home games? I don't know. I got to watch out what I say here because she might actually move in. So, no, it's uh, it's really nice to have her here. Um, just to talk about your game today. It seemed like you were all over it, especially in the second period when you guys had a lot of PK time. You were taking a brunt of those minutes. Uh, maybe just describe how you felt out there tonight. Yeah, I, I felt uh, like uh, we had a good game all around. Uh, we have good chemistry in our line right now. Uh, we, we move the puck well. We read off each other real well so uh, yeah it was uh, overall a good game not only is there chemistry on your line but throughout the lineup it seemed like two very complete games from your club how do you guys build on this heading into San Jose we just got to keep building keep doing the small things that we have been doing throughout the two last games and uh, yeah hopefully we can get another one on the road all right Patrick Russell loves having his mom around just doesn't want her to move in that's all you know he says that but everybody <laughs> loves home cooked cooked meals you want your mom in there to make you go do your cooking and your laundry Good game for the Oilers. They beat Anaheim 6-2. Another road game coming up on Tuesday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. Later start. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7 on Tuesday. The face-off show will be at 7, and the game will start at 8.30. Get more coverage on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Also go there for everything on the Eskimos. They did it today in Montreal. 37-29 win over the Alouettes. Now they face the mighty Tiger Cats in the East Final next Sunday in the West. Winnipeg. 35-14 over Calgary, so they will play Saskatchewan in the West Final one week from today. Good sports day, good sports weekend. Or there's also one on Friday. Both teams win today. Good stuff. Thanks to Brett Holden, our studio producer this evening. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line is courtesy Heartland Ford. 6-2. The Oilers roast the Ducks. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great night.